This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 Sports Team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. Good evening and welcome to this edition of Sports View. I'm Victoria LeVon Milburn and I have two distinguished guests with me tonight. One is Miss Wagamuth, Alexis Wagamuth, and to my left is Miss Luisa de Santos Trevasso. And we are so delighted to... Um, have you here on in our broadcast and um i can't thank you enough so we're going to get started and louisa you attended escola escola Eleva high school in rio de janeiro brazil you were a top penalty scorer you played 1,400 minutes in your freshman year here at Marshall University. You had a perfect three of three eight points and 19 shots is there an advantage to your height um, that's actually um, funny because I feel like in Brazil, where I'm from, I'm usually taller when compared to the girls that I've played with. Um, and then when I came to America, I'm like, oh, I'm not that tall. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've learned to use my height as an advantage. And sometimes when I play with people that are taller than I am, um, I have to figure out what I have to do about it. Um, but yeah, that's it. And Alexis Wagamuth, and I forgot to mention you're a sophomore. You're both sophomores, yeah. and you attended Fred T. Ford High School in Lincolnton, North Carolina. You started all 14 matches here at Marshall University last year. You had 57 saves, and you faced 171 shots. You had a shutout. But I want to know, what's that ball like coming at you at a sharp, at a sharp short speed? I mean, I love it. Um, it's definitely something that takes a lot to get used to. Um, especially going from high school club level up to college, you just see that ball doing different things. It's coming faster. It starts knuckling, curving, and definitely makes my job more difficult. But it's the best feeling in the world when you actually get, you know, arm, leg, something on it and keep it from going out of the net. Well, you got to love it. So um, would you like to share a little bit about Lincolnton, North Carolina, where you come from? <laughs> So it's funny, I have a Lincolnton address, but I typically say I'm from Hickory. It's kind of a little bit bigger and it's weird with counties, but I'm in Catawba County, which is where Hickory is, not Lincoln County where Lincolnton is, but mail routes, I don't know. It's kind of very rural area. So I live bottom of the neighborhood across from a cornfield, my neighborhood. So um, it's kind of a country out there area, but I absolutely love it. Um, Definitely gave me good childhood. I wondered because you had in 2021 11,321 residents. So I was <laughs> thinking 11,000 people, and Marshall has at least around 16,000 students. <laughs> so, you know, how often did you get to, you know, crawl through the cornfields when you were a child? <laughs> Well, my parents typically wouldn't let me go do that, but we did have a lot of woods by my house, and there was a couple of times I'd go hiking back in there, just kind of, if it was snowing, go explore. Um, definitely kind of a lot of trees, a lot of woods, a lot of space in between houses sometimes, but you could travel about 20 minutes and get to Hickory, Hickory, which is where, you know, there's civilization. <laughs> but um, it was definitely like, I mean, my neighbors have horses, hay, everything. So definitely that kind of area, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it makes very much sense because <laughs> it's definitely a country atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And back to you, um, Luisa, can you tell us a little bit about um, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil? Yeah, of course. Um, I love my country. I love Rio. Um, I did have a childhood really different than Alexis, I would say. Um, it's very warm there. I love being at the beach and I feel like soccer is everywhere in Brazil. Like I've always, it's crazy because soccer is more, um, it's everywhere, but it's usually with boys. So I started playing with boys and, but in Brazil, I play soccer everywhere in the streets, in the beach, like everywhere. Um, 
and I feel like it is a very different culture, but um, it's an amazing place to be. Um, a lot of different people in different cities. And yeah, I think I had a lot of fun and that's why I would say soccer is really into my life. So do you think you held your own against the boys? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> they, I was the first big sometimes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Alexis, how active were you as a child? Because I researched your biography, biography and I noticed that you were active in quite a few sports. Yep. So my three main sports growing up were soccer, basketball, and tennis. Uh, my mom played college basketball in NC State, so I was kind of already in basketball, uh, played tennis at an early age, soccer. So I was always jumping from one sport to the next. And it definitely kept me pretty busy. I would seriously go from soccer practice to basketball practice, you know, whatever it may be. I was running around crazy as a kid. I was quite impressive. And I know that somewhere along the way, someone had to have told you you were the jack of all trades. <laughs> they certainly did. Oh, my goodness. So no doubt your abilities have led you where you are today. Did you, by any chance, sign a letter of intent with Marshall University, or did you already like reach out to them, or did they reach out to you? So the way kind of the soccer recruiting process works in America is you do a kind of verbal, unofficial commitment first. So I was in the recruiting process. So I actually kind of my connection here was Coach Swan. He was the assistant at UNC Charlotte. Did a lot down there because Charlotte's like an hour from my house. And then he got the job at Marshall and kind of I utilized that connection to, I guess, not get in with the program, but he had seen me and kind of used that throughout the recruiting. So I, I think verbally committed maybe November 2020, and then about a year later officially signed a letter of intent my senior year of high school. Okay. I wondered about that transition because it also said that it was, you referenced that it was the best fit athletically and academically. So are you doing quite okay in those areas? <laughs> yeah. All right. Louisa. Your bio stated that you selected Marshall as the college you wanted to attend for women's soccer because it felt like home. Can you share what you identified with with respect to Marshall and or even the Huntington area? Yeah, um, I feel like home is about a feeling and uh, uh, maybe not the same as Rio, of course. But I feel like the feeling of home, I can feel it here too. Um, I would say one of the things that was really important for me is that Huntington kind of and soccer in Marshall has a relationship with Brazilians because as you know like the men's soccer team has a lot of Brazilian players as well and it's good to have people from the same place as you are um, and I feel like it's a place where I feel happy you're on my friends and the community just embraces you and that's why I feel like Marshall is a great fit. How long was your flight? Um, it depends but with connections and all of that it takes me 20 hours to get there but the flights itself are on like 12, 13 hours. That's not bad. With respect to you getting recruited, who reached out to whom? Um, so I went to IU, Indiana University, for my first semester, um, and then I went to the tra transfer portal, and then Marshall reached out to me. I saw that in my research, and I couldn't figure it out. I thought, now she's got on a uni University of Indiana uniform, you know. <laughs> how does this mesh with Marshall? So now I know. So are there any differences in international recruiting? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of difference, um, especially because most of the time the coach can't go and watch your game in person. So it's basically a lot of videos. You have to send the full um, games you've played. And most of the times you can visit a lot of colleges. So it's basically what you see online and Zoom calls and um, calls with the girls. You like figure out what's the best fit for you. So it's definitely um, very different. I use, different. Um, I used to say that like, before you come to America, you don't know what to expect at all. And and then only when you get here is that you figure out, oh, that's that's the college experience everyone talks about. But yeah, you just have to see what you think is the best for you and, and come and leave. Right, so given that you were already at Indiana University, that gave you the opportunity to be able to have a campus visit at Marshall University. Um, so you just referenced about FaceTime, and I was curious about the FaceTiming, so I know and I understand now. Were there, are there any rules 
you know, outside of like the FaceTiming, when you FaceTime, can you FaceTime like at a, like between March and April or June and July? Is that their regimen? I don't really know, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Okay. Looking back, you have a, an impeccable um, profile. Did you have quite a few people, you know, trying to get you to come to their college? Or oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of it was kind of fun because I didn't really know um, what my plans would be. And then it was good to have few colleges tr- trying to get with me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So people want me in their team. And it was good to, to be able to, to see what kind of coaching style I'd like to play, what kind of college experience I'd like to have, and put that in, in balance. Very good. Alexis, same with you. Did you have one more visits to Marshall's campus prior to making a final decision to attend? I did. I came up once, and it was a little bit different because my recruiting was during COVID. So when I actually committed to Marshall, D1 was in a dead period at the time. So my visit up here, my dad drove me up, and we walked around campus just on our own. I then went back home and got a FaceTime of the locker rooms and all that. But I did come up here once before committing. Um, Alexis or, or either one of you, Marshall, like I said, has 16,000 students, Lincolnton, 11,321. Huntington has 46,000. With respect to transitioning, did it take either one of you very long to get settled? Um, I, okay. <laughs> I would say not crazy long. Hickory, I think, has a population similar to Huntington, so some of it, in terms of just numbers, I didn't feel overwhelmed or in a like massive city compared to where I'm from. Um, however, I would say just kind of getting used to the one-way street, some of the Huntington road demographics and just kind of the city as a whole took a little bit to get used to, you know, find the shortcuts and all that, but not terribly long. Yes, because I, that was one of my, my mindsets was if you came from a population of 11,000, how many streets are you traveling on, <laughs> you know, in, in Lincolnton, in, in all seriousness, and then come here and it's a whole lot bigger. Louisa, during high school you traveled and you competed in under 17 and under 20 clubs. Did you play various positions? Because here at Marshall, your position is defensive midfielder. Yeah, I usually stayed in a midfield. Um, I I started playing as a center back actually, which is crazy for a few people. But but then I would move around a defensive midfielder, an attacking midfielder, and basically everything in the midfield. Okay, we're going to step aside for a quick break, and when we return, we will have more from the Marshall women's soccer team right here on Sports View. weren't written under peaceful shade, but under fear for her life. Everyone has inside a piece of good news. For two agonizing years, she worried about being caught by the Nazis. The good news is that you don't know how great you can be. Though her story ended early, her words live on. I don't think of all the misery, but of the beauty that still remains. With her positive outlook, Anne Frank continues to fill us with hope. Hope. Pass it on from PassItOn.com. I can't make it. Luke. Luke. Ed, is that you? You must go to the Marshall system. There you shall seek out WMUL-FM and be trained in the ways of news, sports, and the widest variety of music in the tri-state. But how, Ben? Use the force, Luke. Let it guide you to 88.1 on the dial. And remember, WMUL's force will always be with you. Good evening and welcome back to Sports View. I am Victoria LaVon Wilburn and to my right is Alexis Wagamuth and to my right is Miss Luisa de Santos Travas. Travassos. She's going to kill me. Anyway, I'm going to get into the um, situation of the recent loss of Appalachian State 5-1 to one on their field. Now, Marshall was up 
one to zero at halftime and possibly they were poised to get more points. Matter of fact, Coach Swan said, and I'm going to quote him, the first 45 minutes we were really good. Should have been ahead by more. Can you elaborate on missed opportunities, either one of you? And I understand in your situation. Yeah, um, I'm also injured, so I wasn't there as well. I'm five months now post um, ACL surgery, but we both watch the game. We're always even um, on the sidelines or at home watching our teams. Um, I feel like we did play a good 40, first 45 minutes. I feel like um, your team, our team did a good job in controlling the game. Um, we definitely should have scored more and maybe capped that mentality for the second half so that wouldn't have happened. But maybe Alexis can talk a little bit more about that too. Yes, please. Yeah, so kind of like Louisa mentioned, I'm injured as well. Uh, got injured in the JMU game this year. Uh, fractured my fibula. So mm. I was also at home watching the game. Uh, I think soccer is a game of momentum, and that was one of those games that once we lost the momentum, it just kind of kept spiraling out of control, you know, and unfortunately it led to a decent amount of App State goals, but um, good thing about momentum is that it can turn around just as easily, so we're hopeful that going into the final games of the season, you know, the team, we can get start scoring more and get back into it. Yes, because Coach Swan, it felt like the team, that they didn't just compete as a team, especially not in the second half and that it was no, you know, excuse for it, but with two great athletes like yourself, I can understand why. So in terms of defense and offense, did anyone like on the tape or on the field appear sluggish or drained? Did you see anything as you were watching? I think it is a little bit about what Alexis just said about momentum. I feel like in the first half, if you watch, we scored a goal really early, so everyone felt like seemed um, very strong, very like together. Um, but then in the second half, while we considered our first goal, um, and then the second, everyone seemed drained and tired, and I felt like that was definitely something that App State could see as well, and that's why they kept pushing. Yeah, and I think there's two ways you can play soccer individually and then collectively as a team. And I feel like, you know, it wasn't individually people maybe not appearing sluggish, but collectively we just kind of lost that fight, I felt like, in my opinion. I, I agree with you because I think, and I, and I know, the turn of events came in the second half because when you immediately get, what, a, a score, a goal within three minutes and then it's like clockwork. 48th minute, 65th minute, 67th minute, and then 78 and 78 minutes. It's like all of a sudden you're down five to one. And so both of you, Louisa, you play defensive midfielder and Alexis yourself, a goal um, keeper, um, you're healing, but now I'm learning both of you are healing. Um, has either of you looked at the game tape since the defeat? If so, what did you discover on the tape? Um, yeah, we, we have our film sections where we, we watch the game and talk about it. And I feel like, of course, we had tactical um, issues that we faced during the games and things that we should have been better. But at least in my perspective, um, it was a lot of that mentality side and how we were drained and conceded a lot of goals in, in a row. No, I completely agree about the mentality. It's one of those things that sometimes it's just giving the extra effort in the second, the step in front of a shot, block, kind of maybe a through ball or whatever it may be. And especially as that second half wore on, I feel like that happened, unfortunately, less and less. Not only does the Appalachian State law sting prior to losses of Liberty, University of Louisiana, Monroe, John Madison University in South Alabama. If this is a slump or a mental block, what steps do you anticipate Coach Juan making for the team in an effort to finish like you started? You know, I think right now, especially, you know, we've had a ton of injuries as a team collectively. So one of the things that Coach Swan's having to do right now is continuously adapt formations, playing styles, things like that, that Unfortunately, we're not going to have the same roster, healthy roster that we did when we went on the winning streak at the beginning of the year. But um, I think we have some fantastic players and we're definitely capable of coming back and winning some games. Yeah, I think that I agree totally with Alexis. I'm 
100% sure the, the injuries really were a disadvantage for our team. But I think our team is very positive for the next few games. We understand that um, it's not the perfect conditions, but I'm pretty sure that everyone who is going to play now, who's getting more minutes and all of that, they're going to do and give their 100%. And luckily we got some wins. So with you being slightly healthier than Alexis, <laughs> what challenges do you think the team would have in winning their last four games? Um, I think we're, we're facing um, really tough um, opponents in our next games and it's going to be hard to score on them and of course not concede since our defense has been an issue in the past game but I think that we're going to if we're able to keep the ball as we're proposing to do um, I think we can definitely beat those teams. One of the things I had on my mind when I came here or when I was doing research was the transfer portal. I hadn't realized that you had actually, you know, yeah. had your name in the transfer portal. So what do you think about the transfer portal? It got you here. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. Um, I didn't really know about, about any CAA and how transfer portal worked and not much about college either. Um, so when I decided to go into transfer portal, it was... Um, big question mark for me because I was like how is that going to be are people going to reach out or is anyone ever going to reach out and then it was funny because I went I went in the transfer portal I don't know 9 a.m in the morning by the end of the day there was a bunch of emails and wow. I was like wow um, people want me <laughs> and that's actually makes you feel you feel good about yourself and um makes makes your hopes going up like go up like um you can actually be happy and and play the sport you love somewhere else and yeah i'm really glad i took that decision and that i'm here right now okay so name image and likeness also known as Neil. In 2021, Marshall partnered with Athlions to afford opportunities to athletes um even as little as um what months ago two sisters in high school signed with nike how do you feel about the name image and likeness i mean i like it i think it gives athletes you know like ourselves to kind of promote our own brand maybe get some free gear some a little bit of money maybe um it, it's one of those things that like for me i don't do a ton on social media and what i kind of discovered is that it's less about how you play on the field and more about how many instagram followers you have so that's one of those things that because i thought oh this would be a lot of fun this would be cool and i'm like oh well i barely have a thousand followers i don't really post much i'm not an influencer so i kind of the opportunities are maybe less but <laughs> i'm not sure i think you might have fourteen thousand now uh, I know you I have 70,000. I know you have 70,000. Yeah. So let's break some of that down with respect to you and the Neil program. I believe you're a Neil. Well, so unfortunately, um, international student athletes cannot sign NILs oh. um, in America. We, do can, we can do that back home, so that helps me a lot. But it's really unfortunately that um, the rule for now that, is that we cannot do it and I think a lot of international students would benefit if they figure out and we were able to do as all of our other students are doing because I think it's a great way for people to um, start promoting themselves um, branding I feel like differently than Alexis I do have a little bit of work in my social medias and that's something I've um, done throughout my entire life and it's really um, unfortunately that I cannot embrace that opportunity as well. Well, one thing I do know, um, Louisa, is you're a very humble young lady, and you had referenced and talked about in your profile how soccer has brought a lot of things to you, and so you decided to found an organization. Would you like to expand upon it and explain in English what it means? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, soccer has brought me here. Um, that's the reason I'm in a different country, country right now, and it, it, it brought me friends and people that I love and experiences and opportunities that I would never have lived if it wasn't by soccer. And for that reason, um, I decided to create this um, NGOs that we can call like that, um, called Uma Bola Causa. It's in Portuguese, but it's basically the cause of a ball, like a sports ball. Um, 
and it's basically introducing sports to youth people from poor communities in Brazil. So we basically go there, we give them soccer balls, volleyball balls, um, we give them workshops and we talk to them about how um, sports can be a way out of maybe crime and um, um, that's the reality we have in poor communities in Brazil, unfortunately, and, and maybe how a sport can teach them to be great people too and I think that's one of the reasons I came to America is that whole student athlete kind of thing because I feel like in Brazil um, those things are very apart so or you are a student or you are an athlete and from for that project we want to make them see sport as not only a way to have fun and make friends but also a way to grow in life as a person and as a student and as someone who can um, find new things to do with sports. Well, one thing I want to quickly say, because you were the defensive player of the year right. in high school, and you were like top 100 in the whole world? Maybe. Yeah, I saw <laughs> it. I saw it. And would you like to, would you like to say that? Is it Flum? Flum Fluminense. Fluminense. Yeah. Would you like to share a little bit about that? That's oh, yeah. Interesting. The, the 100 in the world is actually a list um, about women and like the most inspiring women. Um, and it has to do a lot with about the whole um, organization pro. Uh, organization um, Abola Causa and like trying to share soccer to other girls as well and I think it was by the time I was young and I was really really happy to to be named that and surprised you but it made me really look back to what I've done and be happy about it oh that's interesting that, that's that's cool um, one other last um, things I want to mention with respect to Coach Swan, how comfortable or how instrumental was he in making you all feel comfortable when you first came here as freshmen and settling in with a team that was already here before you got here? Um, Alexis. Yeah, I would say he definitely helped us out. Um, I would He makes himself sometimes open, like if I wanted to go have a meeting or have a question about something, he's kind of always like, you can call me if you need me. And he kind of helped in terms of just kind of growing accustomed to the college environment, you know. He kind of helped, not mentor me, but like if I made a goofy mess up about something silly, uh, he definitely would help guide me in the right direction and make the transition into adulthood a little bit easier. Yeah, I feel like for me, um, he was really important um, for two factors. The first one was that he really cared about my family and making sure that even though they are far away, um, they would be closer in some ways. And so before I committed, um, we got a bunch of Zoom calls where my parents were in it. I'd have to translate a little bit all the time. But we also had the men's coach, um, who was from Brazil, helping out the conversation. So everything worked out, and I think that that look to like how my family is important in my life and it's important to me um, it was really important in my decision and coming here I feel like he really cared about me as a person mm -hmm. and like how this could have been um, really helpful for me. Okay one little tidbit I'm not going to let you get away with. You mentioned every sport you did in high school, but you forgot to mention about that football <laughs> kick that you did. Explain yeah. how that came about quickly. We have about one minute left. Okay, so the long and short of it was I love playing any sport, loved just the thought of football growing up, and my dream was to play powder puff football. But my mom would not let me, and it was an argument, and she basically said, I would rather you kick for the football team than play powder puff. And I said, okay. So guess what I did? I knew the coach. He used to be my tennis coach. I was like, guess what my mom told me? And then I went and ended up kicking for two years. And that was amazing because both coaches were in agreement. Coach Swan and then your, your, the former coach, as long as you didn't get hurt. Yeah. So that concludes our program for this evening. I want to thank you, Alexis Wagamuth, and I want to thank you, Louisa uh, Lovatros. <laughs> and, um, and I've enjoyed myself, and I certainly appreciate both of you ladies coming out this evening and joining us. Thank in you. Sports and thanks for having us You're on. So thank you welcome. for having You're us. You're so welcome.
Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It's time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communication careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Hello and welcome to the Sports View Sports Update. My name is Ben Cower, and this evening we'll have reports on Marshall Sports News during this segment of the program. Let's begin this evening with FM 88 Sports Ben Westfall's report of Marshall Men's Golf, a recap of its most recent competition at the Tom Tontamania Invitational. This past Monday and Tuesday, the Marshall Men's Golf team was in Westlake, Ohio for the Tom Tontamania Invitational, a two-day event hosted by Cleveland State. The herd overall finished fourth in the tournament out of 15 teams. Head coach Matt Grobe was pleased with the new faces in the lineup and the team's ability to adapt to a course they haven't played on. We took some kids that hadn't played for us in the lineup. We put Cameron Jarvis in the lineup, you know, and Ben Bridges got to take their first two trips with us on the road. And there's a big difference between playing at home and playing on the road in college golf. Uh, the other thing that I was really excited about is I think we were one of the only teams that hadn't seen the golf course before. So most of the other teams had been back for several years, and it was the first time we ever saw it. And so for the kids to be able to adapt so quick to a golf course and sight lines and the greens and how they roll in the bunkers and all that stuff. I was really, really excited about the fact that we were able to finish fourth on a course that we had not seen until this week. The herd finished nine under par overall in the Invitational, improving each round by seven strokes. Coach Grobe is very fond of his team's ability to improve. The thing I like about this team is their character. They just continue to fight and scrap. It's also good as a coach when you see that we got acclimated to the golf course and we're able to play a little bit better. Then you play a little bit better. And so the continual improvement is the learning process, learning where to hit it, where not to hit it, how this putt breaks, how that putt breaks, uh, getting a feel for the green. So I like the fact that we adapted and got better every round. Golfer Joseph Kalaski was the top finisher for the herd, finishing 12th at four under. Kalaski knows there's work to be done, but is pleased with his result. I mean, pretty good. Like, I, I think it's the best finish I've had in one of our events and probably, it's probably been over a year. The progress is getting there. I'm mean, going to keep playing better, so just good, I guess. I mean, obviously there's some negatives, like hit some bad shots and did a couple bad decisions, but I mean, overall, trending in a good direction. The Herd will get this upcoming week off before hitting the road again. Coach Grove's main focus is to let his guys get some much-needed rest. It's been a really busy month. So we've played three events, had our fundraiser, so the kids are pretty tired right now. So we'll probably take this weekend off, probably give them a little time to get caught up on homework. They'll probably practice a little bit on their own, but nothing really intense as far as a team goes. And then we'll rally back up on Monday and start trying to get some practice in and try to get ready to go to Dayton. The Herd returns to action on October 16th and 17th for the Dayton Flyer Invitational. For FM88 Sports, I am Ben Westfall. Thanks, Ben. Now here's FM88 Sports' Jonathan Edwards, who sat down with new Marshall women's basketball head coach Kim Caldwell to discuss the high expectations of this upcoming season for Marshall Thundering Herd basketball. With the 2023 campaign looming closer and closer by the day for Marshall women's basketball, expectations are at an all-time high surrounding the newly revamped squad. I spoke with Coach Kim Caldwell on Tuesday to hear about what is going on leading up to the season opener. I think their effort is there, and sometimes as a coach, that's the hardest thing is, is to get people to dive on the floor and get people to sprint back on defense and fly around and get their hands up and they do that and they do that naturally which is good and I think can make them special. With a focus on changing the narrative surrounding herd women's basketball and initiating change, the team has had to adjust to a new style of play. This begins with practice. Our practices have been kind of hit or miss and I think we know that. I think that's something we got to be more consistent. We got to do a better job of changing the energy in the gym and we practice hard. I mean, we, we do practice incredibly hard, but we're just not doing little things. We're not talking. We're not repeating things. And so I think we have a lot to progress on quickly. I think we have the talent, but we just need to kind of put all the pieces together right now. As the Herd is such a young team and home to a new coach, the changes don't stop with on-court skills. It won't happen overnight, but the pieces are set for the team to succeed under the helm of Caldwell. And so we just got to do a better job of giving each other confidence and putting people in the right places. And I think that'll 
come anytime you have a new coach and a lot of new players. You have a little bit of that, but we should be working our way out of that in the next week or so. Considering that the growing buzz around the team is at a fever pitch, the Cam Henderson Center will serve as a great home court advantage for Caldwell's crew. But I do think that they deserve to have a really good crowd and really good people to be in the stands cheering them on. And that's part of the reason, huge reason why I took the job is because I believed we could do that. So we want everyone to come out and make it loud. Marshall women's basketball tips off at the Cam Henderson Center on October 29th at 6.30 p.m. This is for Fans First Day. From FM 88 Sports, I'm Jonathan Edwards. Thanks, Jonathan. That will conclude the Sports View Sports Update. After a quick break, we'll have the second half of this evening's program, where FM 88 Sports' Ben Anderson will sit down with Micah Elaine and Ethan Bowens of Marshall Track and Field. I'm Ben Cower, and stay tuned for more Sports View, coming up next right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Juwan, what are you doing? Chilling. Are you high again? What's it to you? Why are you so high all the time like you don't have anything else better to do? Who said I was high? Then why are you acting like that? I'm listening to the sounds of 88.1. It gives me this natural high. You ought to listen since you always stressed out. Juwan, you straight tripping. But I guess I'll give the station a try since you're so uh, laid back over there. Besides, maybe the music might help me get my freak on. Well, all right. 88.1 WMUL. Imagine a friend has just told you they were diagnosed with a mental illness. What would you do? Awkward, isn't it? But what's even more awkward is, if you're not there for them, they'll be less likely to recover. Mental illness. What a difference a friend makes. To learn more, go to whatadifference.org. This message is brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad. Welcome back to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. I'm Ben Anderson, and alongside me are two members of Marshall Track and Field. To my right is Micah Lean, a fifth-year senior sprint and hurdles runner from Beckley, West Virginia, and the 2022 Sunbelt Conference Outdoor Champion in the 400-meter hurdles. And to my left is a, is a sophomore from Wayne, West Virginia, a sprint runner, Ethan Bowens. And also, he is a member of the inaugural 2023 men's track and field team. Ethan? Micah, great to have you on the show this evening. Thanks for having us. Yes, very happy to be here. Well, first question, it's kind of just an icebreaker. Uh, to start off, Mike, on this, how has Marshall been treating you so far? Um, it's been really great. Um, it's crazy to believe that I've been here for five years. It went by really fast, and I've enjoyed my time. Same thing as you. How has Marshall yeah, been treating you so far? Same thing. Uh, Micah said, just want to touch this... Uh, Grew up here. This university has always been something I've went to. I grew up going to games, grew up uh, following sports. So to now be a part of one of these teams is just a blessing, and I'm just so grateful to be here. Uh, I love this university. Well, they always say an athlete chooses a sports pursuit for a reason. I want to start off with you, Nick. What led you to choose track and field? It's actually a funny story. So... I only started running track and field to get faster for football. Um, my eighth grade, well, she was my high school coach as well. She uh, would consistently just talk to me and be like, hey, you should come out and run track. It'll help you get better at football. Um, and I was like, okay. So I just um, took it and ran with it one year, literally, and was like, wow, this is this is really fun. And um, if you would have told me at that time that I'd be a two-time state champion in West Virginia and be running division one track for this university i would have been like no i'm playing football but um god has a way of putting stuff in our life that um that's what we need to do and i feel like i need to be here and i'm so thankful to be here and micah same thing for you what led you to pursue track and field well my mom was my main inspiration for running um i remember being in middle school and i was like oh my mom ran track so let me go ahead and run track and i've been stuck with it ever since um it was funny because she was a one-two runner and um i don't run the one or the two (laughs) at all and um yeah, I'm a hurdler, 400 hurdles, um, 400. So she was like, yeah, you know, I finally got my runner. And I remember the first time I ran the 400. And I was like, I don't want to run this. 
but he was <laughs> my coach in middle school he was like well if you lose you're gonna run the 800 I said well I, I definitely don't want to do that so <laughs> yeah all right what was the college uh, recruitment process like and what ultimately led you to come to Marshall um for me the recruitment process was very overwhelming you know uh my high school coach was like yeah you just kind of have to put yourself out there and just do the thing and I'm like uh, but how <laughs> I remember telling my mom I was like I don't want to run in college she was like you you know college is like expensive right and I was like yeah um I guess I'll run in college <laughs> and so um I had a couple visits I went up to Temple University up in Pennsylvania I really loved that school and a couple smaller D2 schools and Morgantown and then I remember I was in contact with Marshall and the coach at the time he was like hey like we really love for you to be here at Marshall and I was like I don't, I don't want to go to Marshall like <laughs> I didn't know where I wanted to go but I didn't want to go to Marshall but then it's funny how God works and he was like you know my grandpa got into contact with uh coach Yantes when he was still here and um he was like hey like is there any spots available and he was like you're yeah you just in luck like a spot opened up we want you to come down here and my recruitment process here was very quick they were very adamant about getting me up there wanting me to come here and they just made me feel so welcome and I felt like I belong so yeah Marshall has been a home away from home hey Ethan for you you're part of the inaugural men's team it wasn't really announced to bring back till this time next year. So kind of what, how was it you coming to Marshall, like joining that men's track? Uh, what was the process like joining the men's track team with it being announced so like late and right before the season started? Yeah, so I actually was a student here for, just a student, no student athlete, here for about two semesters and a quarter. Um, I was sitting at the doctor's office and I seen on Twitter, Coach Caleb Bowen had retweeted um, that Marshall men's track and field is back. And um, I immediately texted my high school coach and was like, hey, should I do this? And she's like, give it a shot. Um, next day I was in Coach Don's office, um, spoke with him, told us that we were gonna go through a 14 day tryout period. Um, went well and we kind of jumped in middle of what would have been the, the women's uh, conditioning. So I remember we got led through our first ever warm up, and we were like, okay, this is the warm up. This is a good workout. And then Coach Don goes, all right, you got to run now. And uh, that was kind of like the first introduction. But it's a blessing to be a part of something, especially something we've not had a program here since the year I was born. Um, so for that to be brought back and to be a part of that first team is a memory that I'll cherish at a moment that I'll have forever. Uh, so I'm just grateful for that. I remember you mentioned at the beginning about like you growing up going to games and stuff. How is it to find me to say that you're now a member of the Thundering Herd? Yeah, so it's a lot different from the athletic side of things now because as a student I was like alright I'm a member of this university and I love this university as an athlete it's a whole new perspective on this university because not only do you now represent this university you represent this university when you go to class when you go to like meets and compete and you just want to be that positive influence for the university um, so yeah and then, Micah, with the return of men's track and, track and field, how was it like competing alongside the men's team last season? Well, um, it's funny because I used to part of, be a part of the SAC committee last year. And I remember talking to Christian Spears, and I was, he was like, oh, we have a nice surprise for you guys. And we're like, oh, what is it? Like, we're getting an outdoor track? <laughs> and he was like, uh, no, but we're bringing back men's track. And I'm like, oh, that's like really cool. And then, you know, we got the guys and I'm like, man, like this is different. I was like, mm, no, I don't know. But it's so funny because we talk about it now. I'm like, man, the OGs from last year, like they're still here, but minus one, but <laughs> And um, yeah, it's fun having them. It's fun having them travel with us and support us. It, it brings track and field to a whole new level. Um, it brings me back to high school. Like, yeah, the girls will hype you up and everything like that, but bringing the guys is like a totally different perspective. And 
I enjoy having them here. They're like brothers to me and I can, I appreciate them so much. Now, Tom, how working with them, you had members from the other Thundering Herd sports, including baseball and football. How was it, like, how did you use your prior experience in track field to kind of train all those guys and get them into the swing of things? Um, well, with the baseball players and football players that came on, you know, it just kind of like, kind of relating things to their sport and trying to bring to track and field because track and field is very mental, um, which every sport is, but I feel like track is very, very mental, also physical, but very mental. And so, you know, just being the encouragement that they need um, to get them through the tougher days. And they're like, how do you do this? I'm like, you know, you kind of have to ignore the pain, push through the pain, whatever it is, you know, and just keep going. Hey, Nathan, you said you ran track in high school. How did you use that experience to help kind of the new guys that possibly had zero experience running track and field in in last season? Yeah, so I remember coming in um, with a little bit of a, like, foundation in track and field. Um, I know that a couple of the guys, uh, they had either ran in high school and it had been four years since they've came in or it had been, they've never ran before, like a couple of the baseball guys. Um, So it was pretty much just... A learning experience and I wanted to try to be a role model for them um, uh, since I had a little bit of experience I tried to show like what I knew uh, it's not very much but um, tried to help them out um, and I think each every one of them made a smooth transition and um, just fortunate for that and fortunate to be their teammate and then Ethan with one year of college track now under your belt how has your individual training been like during the offseason and preseason to prepare for year two um, so definitely different than what I was doing before I came in. Um, but it's pretty much just been much of the same. Uh, so I carried after our outdoor season, I took about two, three weeks off and then just carried on with our training. Um, fortunately I've got like a little bit of a background. Mike and I are both exercise science majors. So mm-hmm. we kind of know what we can do, like in terms of planning and programming. Uh, workouts. So I programmed all my workouts this summer, uh, did ones that Coach Deem sent us, um, and just trying to work hard and keep that positive mentality and uh, just keep my body, um, keep my body suffi- like ready to go for when we have this season. Because track and field season is a very long season. Um, I'd never experienced indoor before, so I got introduced kind of kind of thrown in right away to see how long an actual track and field season is so now with that going into this next season i have that in the back of my mind to know so i'd say it helps quite a bit and then micah last season you finished the season on with a hot finish by winning the outdoor 400 meter hurdles at the Sunbelt Conference Championships, becoming only the second Marshall athlete to win a Sunbelt Conference title alongside, well, now, uh, alumnus and teammate Mason with Joy. How was it to win a, the Sunbelt Conference title in your first season in the conference? It was amazing. Um, I came off of a really rough indoor season and I was, you know, kind of taken aback. I'd never struggled a lot in indoor ever so it was very very much an experience that I I didn't enjoy but I can appreciate you know struggling because it's going to come sooner or later so um but you know I went into outdoor being very determined on bouncing back and focusing on what I need to focus on um and you know a lot of it was me pushing through the mental side of things in track and field, which can be very hard to break um, that self-doubt when you are struggling. So um, for me to work on that and just trusting the process and be confident in, you know, playing your role, showing up for yourself and everybody else and still being supported and loved and um, getting through the harder workouts to win, it made it so much more surreal and so much more enjoyable knowing that, you know, I put in all this work and I was supported and loved through the whole process. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step aside for a quick break. Now, you're listening to Sports Video, we got to get sports. Network. 
Instead of watching the news from home, listen to the news while on the way home. Welcome to News Center 88. Now on to our top story. Weekdays at 5 p.m., News Center 88 broadcasts all the day's news, sports, and weather reports in 30 minutes. That's perfect timing for the afternoon commute. So stop wasting precious time at home and start getting informed while on the go. News Center 88, weekdays at 5, only on 88.1 WMUL. Influenza is a serious disease. Are you talking to me? If you have asthma, diabetes, or other chronic medical conditions, yes. Are you talking to me? If you're 50 or older, yes. <laughs> if your child is between 6 and 23 months, yes. Are you talking to me? If you live or work with those at high risk, yes. Influenza will kill as many as 36,000 people this year. It's that serious. Prevent influenza. Get immunized. A message from the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Welcome back to Sports View. I'm Ben Anderson. Alongside me are two members of Marshall Track and Field, Michael Lean and Ethan Bowens. Well, Ethan, I'd like to start off with this one for you, kind of now going through more of the general questions of track and field. What is the training like between the indoor and outdoor seasons, in your opinion? Um, so I wouldn't say training changes too much. It's pretty much um, just the ad- adaptation to a new track. Uh, surface because indoor we run on the banks most of the time Um, outdoor is flat track so coming in that was a massive adjustment so our I would say our training doesn't really change it's still the same principles Um, just work hard get faster make it through these workouts Um, and yeah Uh, Mike in your opinion what's the kind of difference in training like between indoor and outdoor um, yeah, I agree with Ethan. Um, it doesn't really change too, too much. Like for me, it, it kind of does <laughs> um, go from just running straight 400s and 4x4s to um, 400 hurdles and the 400 and the 4x4. But, uh, you know, in terms of terrain, it is different. Um, of course, we have those bank tracks and every bank track is um, different. But in terms of, you, you know, getting out and outdoor, we still have that indoor track. We don't get you know, training outdoor, but, you know, I feel like for us, it is an advantage slash disadvantage to have that indoor track because, you know, you don't have to deal with the weather, but, uh, you know, trying to adjust to what outdoor feels like on an indoor track is kind of, kind of strange, but overall, I feel like it helps us out in the long run. Uh, since we are now entering the preseason, what has kind of been the train like so far with the preseason under a new head coach? It's different. Um, My body definitely hurts. (laughs) But I have taken with a grain of salt, like, you know, this is different, you know. And um, I can't have the same expectations as I used to, but I'm trusting the process. And, you know, so far, so good. We just finished up our conditioning phase of things, and we started our conditioning phase with a 600-time trial. And... (laughs) I, I've never done a 600 time trial for practice. Um, let's just say that. <laughs> but in comparison, you know, how long was it? Like six weeks um, between the first week to week six, which was Tuesday. Um, I shaved off seven seconds. So, you know, I feel like something's going in the right direction. <laughs> Ethan, for you, how do you think the preseason is, has been this year under a new head coach? Yeah, so last year coming in, um, training now and then are completely different. But um, at the end of the day, like Micah said, trust the process. Uh, We got a new coaching staff, and we know that they are going to be able to put us in the best position uh, for the season, get us in the best shape we can be in. Um, We know that they know what they're doing. So it's just we have to have full faith in them, work hard. Everything they stand for is fantastic. Um, Like Micah said, we just finished up our conditioning phase and introduced an aspect of competitiveness with that 600 time trial. Um, Got a lot of guys and uh, the women, um, got them all being competitive, competing with one another and just pushing to make each other better. Um, So, yeah. I remember both you guys mentioning 
Uh, you mentioned for both you guys earlier on the show that you're both exercise, the sports exercise majors. First of all, what made you like choose, uh, choose a major, and what is your career goals once you graduate with that major? Um, so what made me choose that major is I've always had a interest in just the physiological response to exercise, um, what happens to the body when we exercise, and especially running track and field has magnified that interest and that love. Um, so that's I just felt that was the correct uh, major decision for me. Um, in terms of after collegiate plans, I have a set in stone plan, but you know, those plans may not always come through, but as of right now, my plan would be to go to med school and um, go through the Air Force and military. Like, um, what made you? Uh, what led you to that? Uh, to choosing sports exercise as major? What do you plan on going into as career after you leave here? Well, um, I changed my major three times, <laughs> um, but I finally landed on exercise science. And my initial route was to go to PA school, but you know, going through the degree and you know, um, wrapping it up. And everything, I did learn how to appreciate exercise in a way that I didn't think that I would. And um, it was very interesting to learn about, you know, training plans and how the body works and how your body reacts to exercise and everything like that. And learning about it and applying it to my sport. Like, I never thought that, you know, it would click. But last year, it kind of clicked for me is whenever I got into the bulk of exercise science um, classes. So, um, I'm not really sure where I'm going, but, you know, I feel like I have been put at the school for whatever reason, God's will. Um, and yeah, I might be a, somewhere along coaching here. I don't know. I would like to, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a little bit uncertain, but you know, I, I, I'm for certain that things will work out. All right. It is, it is known throughout the area of the special bond that this community has with Marshall Athletics. What does it mean to be able to represent Marshall University and call yourself a member of the Thundering Herd? Um, it means a lot. Um, it's funny wherever we go, like whether it be traveling, there's always somebody from West Virginia. There's always somebody from West Virginia. And they're like, you go to Marshall? Go herd. I'm like, yeah, go herd. Like, um, it's very nice to see like the sense of community, even outside of the community. Um, like, I work at Smoothie King, and I'll come in. They're like, "What sport do you play?" And I'm like, "How do you know I play a sport? I'm just, I'm just a regular person right now." Um, but yes, um, meet a lot of people. You know, they want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. Why you started it, and it's fun to get to share my side of the story. And they actually listen. And it's not just, oh, you just went to college just to get your school paid for. And yes, I, I, I did. But I also love what I do. Ethan, same thing for you. What, what does it kind of mean to, to you to have that special bond with the community of Huntington through Marshall University? Yeah, exactly. Like Micah said, um, it means a lot. Um, and she touched on everywhere we go, uh, there's always somebody that's from Marshall saying, hey, go herd. Because um, I experienced that firsthand everywhere we went last year. Um, we always had a great uh, turnout when we had meets. So super thankful for this community um, and how tight-knit it is. It feels like everyone knows everyone. Um, the support that we receive as athletes is bar none. Um, this community loves their athletes. Um, and to be someone who grew up 20 minutes south of here in Wayne and spent most of my weekends here in Huntington, um, it just means the world to be able to represent this university. Uh, one final question. I always like any interviews on this. Now, Ethan, I'd start off with you. If you were to give a senior in high school receiving Division One collegiate offers, already committed to being a Division One athlete, what would you tell them? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would tell them to follow their heart. Um, make the right decision. Um, it's a quote by Aristotle. Choice, uh, or yeah, choice determines your destiny. Um, so weigh all your options um, and make sure you pick the best school that, for you. Don't pick necessarily the school that's going to give you the most money. Pick the school that's going to develop you as a human and as an athlete to set you up 
for life post uh, collegiate athletics. Uh, Mike, the same thing for you. What, what would you tell them? Um, basically, like what Ethan said, I truly believe in finding what works best for you and um, being around the people that you feel like you're going to grow the most from. Um, if I would have told little senior year me that I'd be talking on a talk show, you know, sharing my experiences and everything like that and being to where I'm at now, I wouldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I truly believe that you should be where you feel the most comfortable, where it feels like home, where you can grow and be a totally different person than how you came into it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, well, Ethan, Micah, thank you for coming on this evening. Thank you. Well, this concludes this week's edition of Sports View. Up next is Ben Cower and Sean Kelly with Speed Zone. For the entire FM Media Sports team, I'm Ben Anderson. Thank you for listening as you've been listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sports View. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1.